Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Shop Talk Show. This is your host, Jason, uh, joined uh, by, for the first time, one of Shield Bash's own cast members. That's right. That's me. I'm Britt. Sometimes I GM, sometimes I play. And it is your GMing experience that we're gonna, we are going to be talking about today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've done GM advice a few times, but Britt is in kind of a unique situation in that for all of his years of gaming experience, he hadn't really done much GMing until the podcast. We were kind of like his, we were, I'm pretty sure at least, his first campaign. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about is this experience of kind of learning the long form GMing for an audience. Long form. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, because yeah, I know you did a few, like, uh, scenarios and stuff at society, uh, for society events, uh, mm-hmm. conventions and things. Kind of got your feet wet. But was were those, like, your first GM experiences ever, or or were there others? More or less, I would say so, yeah. Um, the scenarios are, are nice because it's all well-scripted. And, of course, likewise, the... the you know, the adventure paths are very similar. They're all well scripted. And, you know, you can modify as you go, of course. But, you know, as for coming up with a homebrew, no, I've never done anything like that. I hadn't had the time nor the energy. But that's okay. Other folks like it. And back in the day, even, you know, 15 years ago when I started, there really weren't any. I mean, there were no adventure paths, and modules were few and far between, mm-hmm. you know, and and you, you've you been playing way longer than I have, so you may be able to tell me if I'm wrong about this, but from what I understand, even old modules were, they're not very well scripted. They're like, no. you go here, and there's some kobolds, and then you go here, and there's this, um, but it doesn't say, like, how many kobolds? Are they advanced kobolds? Do they have traps set up? It'll just say, like, there are kobolds here. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of what you might call a grognard. I've been playing before I even knew how to play. So, yeah, the, the old AD&D adventures and things like that, they they didn't really give you a reason for being where you were. You just kind of had to make that up as you went along. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, the, the Pathfinder stuff, yeah, like I said, it's all well-scripted. You've got a reason. You were sent there by an adventure captain or, you know, it, there's all this whole understanding behind i mean it's your motivation so to speak you know yeah so that makes it a little bit easier what would you say was the biggest difference from having like uh, not really ever jammed anything to moving behind the screen for you know a a campaign oh well i was the one that had enough time to do it I'm not. I'm not necessarily looking for the why, like mm. the why you did it, like because we discussed that um, way way back uh, in the Tam West Crown uh, character yep. dive. Absolutely. Um, uh, and you know we all highly appreciate you you taking that for us, especially since you know you were inexperienced with it. But like, what do you feel is the biggest difference moving from player to DM? I don't know. I think the end goal is still very much the same y'all you want to create an interesting story you know and 
I'm kind of one of those guys that likes to default to rule of cool, which is some people like, some people don't. You know, I don't know. It, it, for me, it was uh, for for as far as wanting to GM. Yeah, I thought it'd be interesting to to go behind the screen and and see what that side of things is like. A lot of my friends, as you well know, enjoy the heck out of it, and I thought oh, I'll give it a try. So it was more of a lesson experiment for me. Gotcha. Well, what's one of the? What are some of the things you felt like you learned? <laughs> How about most of the rules? <laughs> That's fair. I mean, that was the one thing that was kind of holding me back is I don't really know all the the rules by ver- verbatim, you know. But I knew I had a table full of guys that knew what I didn't, and I'm. I don't have that big of an ego where I don't mind be, being corrected, you know, sitting at the table. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Did you want to talk about why we even started to decide to do a podcast at all? I mean, we can. Yeah. It's... I mean, as I recall it, we had been gaming for years at that point. And one particular evening, we had a good time. Everybody was laughing, having a good time, and I thought, and I think I even told you, I think we're just as good as anybody else. Why Why can't we do this? Because I know at the time you were listening to quite a few actual plays. Yeah, still do. Yep. Ditto. But um, not as many as you. <laughs> well, you, your job isn't as uh, conducive to it as mine is, so. It used to be, but yeah, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I know we originally talked about just recording our normal game nights, um, mm-hmm. but some people at the table didn't really like that idea. No, they. I think they feared that it would change maybe how they would uh, play, or maybe they were afraid they, the rest of the world didn't know, need to know how they played. I don't know. but a little uh, from column A, a little from column B. Probably. Yeah. But, I mean, it would have changed the way we played. Like it would, it would have to. Like there's, well, sure. There's the audio concerns alone are, are more they're, in depth about it. They're pretty big, indeed. Yeah. And and we we've had our trials and errors, and we're not done yet. Nope, nope. I uh, I I got to talk to Pete uh, recently about you know him taking over editing, and he just looked at me and said, "I get it now." <laughs> yeah, I bet that's true. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad. Like, I feel justified that it's not just me. <laughs> no, nobody said it would be easy. <laughs> and I'm sure uh, there's many listeners that can certainly understand what you're getting at too. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was t- referring more of like to the behind the scenes thing where I'm constantly like harping on some of you about certain things that you just oh. are changing. Like, it's that stuff, right? The the, the lip smacking, getting on the mic. That kind of thing. Is yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that stuff that it's, you know, and I'll, I'll, I ain't going to lie. I listened to some of these other podcasts and they're like, well, I was going to do this thing, but my audio engineer told me not to. And I'm just like, oh my God, I wish. Oh. <laughs> you feel vindicated, don't you? <laughs> no, it's, I feel jealous. I'm like, I wish my players would listen to me as the, like, I don't deserve the title of audio engineer or didn't anyway. I, you know, but it was like, I, I come to you with these notes where I'm like, hey, this sounds bad, and it makes it really difficult for me to edit. And they're just like, eh, it's, it's hard to do that. And I'm like, mm, fine, I guess we'll just continue to... So you jerk. <laughs> no, I understand. 
And I, I don't know if I told you, but I've, I've kind of taken your place when Mark's GM. And, hey, Mark, get on the mic. We can't hear uh, you. Yeah, that, that would be, yeah, I'm, I'm glad because somebody has to do it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be an ongoing thing. And, and you know, Pete's kind of got a solution for that right now. But Shot we'll colors. <laughs> Low voltage, just a just a subtle reminder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Nikola Tesla. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was listening to a, another podcast, uh, more of a his, history-oriented one earlier, and Tesla had this idea that we can fix bad behaviors with with the uh, electric shocks, and I'm like, huh? He come up with that? Okay. Yeah. Shock therapy? Okay. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, neither did I. <laughs> anyway. Yep. But anyway, so yeah, so there was a learning curve technically, right? Yes. There was a learning curve for the rules. Do you feel that it's changed the way you are as a player now that you've got the DMing experience? No, because uh, either way, I try to have fun. Yeah, well, that's fair. I mean, more of like you know how you approach situations sometimes. Like I, I ain't gonna lie, I've run so many scenarios and APs and modules and stuff. Like sometimes I. I approach a situation where I'm just like, this feels like the right option. Mm-hmm. And then like later on, I'm looking back at it and I'm like, you know, I think I made that choice because I expect certain things out of a Paizo adventure, you know? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I, I don't want a meta game, you know? So I try real hard not to anyway. Mm. And I think that kind of falls under that territory it does but you know i i know i personally not just with that stuff but with other things too sometimes i just look back on stuff and i'm just like you know i think i did that wrong you know like i don't notice it in the moment but like even it sometimes is even something a mistake i continuously make and i look back and i'm just like that was a that was not a thing i should have done yeah but regardless now, one other thing I want to I want to ask about. You kept pointing out that these things are all scripted, like they're well scripted. Well, I mean, okay, this is what happens here, and if they do this, you can do this, and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. somewhat. How much, much more of... than much more than the uh, the old modules? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So just in comparison, because I know there were times where we left you going, "What's uh... happening?" <laughs> yeah. I was just the other day. I was thinking about the. Uh, Running, screaming into the the jungle, waving our weapons in the air, like a bayonet charge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it was right after we got done with our cellos made of boat. Oh yeah, yeah. those good times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, ruler cool, right? Yeah, yeah. But how often does it? Like, how often did you find this? Because it, it was only one book so far. But how often did you have to like re readjust what you had? Um, expected out of a situation. I think, you know, I don't know. I, I think one thing I did mistakenly was advance you guys a bit too quickly. And so what I could have done, should have done well, to counteract that a little bit would be to bump up the adversaries, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> They they were kind of milk toast for you guys a lot of the time. I mean, all those giant crabs and the you know yeah. Even, even by the time you made it to the cannibal camp, 
You guys were just sweeping through it. Well, yeah. it took us three episodes. <laughs> it was like we had a b- big advantage, but I, I wouldn't say we sweeping through it. It was still a, it was still a fight. That's for sure. There was um, a fight. Yeah, there was a fight. And I think my one regret still was I was going to have the big redheaded dude shield bash somebody just so we could say we've actually done it on, on an episode. Mm. And I didn't get the chance soon enough. <laughs> he kind of uh, bit the dirt. I, I, I ain't going to lie. I've had a lot of that over the years where it's like I've got a plan for this thing. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I've just come to that point now where I'm just like... As long as I don't disclose that plan, that plan still exists. It's just now shifted over to this other bad guy that will come into play later. Um, because it was a good plan. Yeah, it's a good plan or entertaining plan or plot relevant plan in some way. You know, there's a reason for it, even if it's just for my own amusement. Um, and, you know, it needs to exist. Sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody has to have fun at the table, right? That I mean, that is the point. Yes. Kind of why we're there. Yeah. So, yeah. Alright, so now that you've done this, do you feel more comfortable DMing in the future? Mm. Yeah, I would say certainly. With with the uh, practice, you know, you you get a little bit more comfortable, sure. I mean, I don't know. What was it like for you first time GMing? Uh man. Can you think um, that far back? No, I can. Years? I can't because this is what I say about my first time jamming i i say if you go watch these youtube videos that talk about like all of the top 10 mistakes amateur gms make mm-hmm. i can checklist that entire list and say yes i did all of those things <laughs> i like dmpcs railroading um i mean what else is there there's uh overpowered like mary sue npcs um mm-hmm. party wipes because you know the because the party didn't get enough information because I didn't put it out there. You know, all that stuff. I, like I screwed up all of it. So those are those are what I really remember. My first ever DMing experiences were really just me and my best friend Drew sitting down and like we're just gonna throw monsters at each other, right? Sure. And just kind of getting used to that stuff, but get a feel for the mechanics on combat. Sure. Yeah. Rolling dice, killing monsters. Woo! Um, you know, I remember even, too, we made characters that, like, this was back before, point by, we just said, okay, 18s and all all six stats and level 10 and go nuts. <laughs> you know, because we were just dicking around. There was no story or nothing. Sure. Two of us. And then, like, all the, the homebrew stuff, it just, it wasn't very good. And sometimes when I see some of my players from back then that don't play with me now, I think they remember that it wasn't very good. And I'm just like, I just try to do better. (laughs) You know, that's when I started watching those YouTube videos. That's when I, you know, started looking at the other GMs. I'm, I'm way more comfortable now. Like I know the mechanics of first edition well enough that even if I don't know the rule, I can usually, like, there are times, too, where I've just been like, that doesn't sound right. And they're like, no, I'm like, 90%, it's sure, it's the rule at some convention or whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to need to see that, because that sounds like something Paizo would not do. Like, Especially in society play, yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, it's like because that completely unbalances things, and Paizo's really not about that. And we look it up, and I'm like, yeah, see, see, it does the thing you said, but only under these set specific circumstances. Uh-huh. So not gonna Sorry happen here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I, I can feel like I could pick up a module or a scenario and run it basically blind, just as we go. You know, mm-hmm. if I ever needed to, it wouldn't be great, but I could do it. I mean, even the the years I've spent running Kingmaker, and I do mean years. Yeah, um, been a while. <laughs> yeah, that too has had to kind of adjust and evolve some. Sure, I'm always trying new stuff. Um, oh, crap, was it? Um, I don't remember what podcast it was that started using a lot of flashbacks and vignettes. Um, that really made me go. I like. I think it was Find the Path that really made me go. That is a cool use of flashbacks, which has made me want to start doing those scenes. It wasn't Adventure Zone. No, Adventure Zone only recently got into like serious game mechanics. Mm-hmm. You know, I fell in love with Adventure Zone because it was just so fucking ridiculous. Uh-huh. You know, like for a few seasons, I really enjoyed. Yeah. You know, and like the, I mean, the end of the balance arc makes me cry. It's so good. You know, the <laughs> heroic sacrifice of, of all of the characters that go down fighting and everything. It's oh man, uh, and some of the bits too. It's like, what's your name? Magnus Burnside's Marcus Burcius. Yep, got it. <laughs> one. <laughs> like I just ah, uh, but but no, it's um. You know, and it gets the players involved. I do it in both of my games. You know, you know I've been doing it in Kingmaker. Uh, I've been studying it in Shattered Star as a way to introduce backstories because I want people to have backstories. And it also not only helps the, like, players think about their own backstories as they write these vignettes or, like, or more importantly, for some of them, I write the vignettes and send them to them and, you know, like, hey, give me your, your feedback on this. Tell me what needs to change. I have personally experienced this phenomenon, yes. Yes. Um, but Usually also... dead characters, though. <laughs> well, for that, for Shattered Star, they're, they're live characters. And in Kingmaker, they're dead characters for a reason. Um, but I'll be doing live characters later. But so, like, they're thinking about, like, their characters. And then, like, other players get introduced to stuff about their the other characters that they otherwise wouldn't have known unless it just happens to come up in some backstory somewhere, you know? Mm. So it's like I got one player who he has serious middle child issues. You know, his parents literally dote on his other his other siblings way more than him to the point where he's like, hey, I won this competition. We should go out for dinner to celebrate. And they're like, no, I don't know. Like, I mean, you did good, but it's not really like go out to eat or, you know, worthy. And then an hour later, the younger brother comes in and goes, I took eighth place. And like, oh, we're going out to celebrate. You got eighth. Woo. <laughs> You know, it's like that kind of bullshit. <laughs> but none of the other players know about that. You know, they because it's just it's, like sibling dynamics have never come up while they're you know slogging through the swamp trying to avoid a cataplepus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that stuff really does happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a very astute player might figure it out eventually. But yeah, you know, as long as. Th- the player who's playing that character, you know, finds a way to to get it out, mm-hmm. you know, to to talk about it in some way, mm-hmm. you know, which can be awkward sometimes because you're like, oh, here's a chance, but it, 
you up oh, the moment's gone and we're on to a different topic and I don't want to like pull it back to my sibling dynamics while we're, you know, discussing something else. I was going to say I go back to character creation and backstories and that is one area historically for me is very difficult. I try to let it come out little bits at a time because I don't even know. Yeah. And I make it up as I go. <laughs> Which is good. Like, I always say, like, your character needs a motivation. And, sure. you know, after I that... start with the, the broad general idea, but yeah. then when we come down to things like the list of 100 questions, for example, that you should know about your character, I might know 20? Maybe? Yeah. You know, I, I advocate that list, right? Right, but when I read through it, I don't sit down and answer them all. Like I read through it, and I, like if I see one, if I feel like I know the answer, then I answer. But otherwise, I just I just move past it. You know. Next. And, yeah, you know, like I I may not know what their favorite food is, so like that's you know something to figure out later. How many siblings do they have? To me, that's more of like, do they have siblings? Uh huh. You know. Like, I can figure out, unless it's relevant to what I'm thinking, I can figure that shit out later. Unless I'm playing a cleric, I have no idea who they would follow. Yeah. So that kind of thing I let happen in games most of the time. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, as long as you, you know, write it down, remember stuff. Yep. Yep. I, I always say, like, you know, you should never hold that stuff as gospel. Once it's out in the world, yeah, that's the way it is. But there are, there are like... Yeah, I remember walking through the woods, and um, we were about 12 sessions in, moving through the jungles on Smuggler's Shiv, when I discovered Tam was barren. No! Is that when that happened? Yeah! Like I w- <laughs> we were having an argument with Ronan, and it was like, you know, Tam's barren. Like, it's just a thing that happens now. <laughs> but it, 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 it meshed... <laughs> nicely with your backstory that you already had yeah Yeah. you know but it should never be so written in stone that you can't change it you know well if you're gonna commit you gotta commit well no i meant like like i said until it's out in the world right right you know like i'm not gonna go back and like tam is tam is barren that's the way it is now but like she wasn't before and then she was and that who knows? It could be a totally different, a new uh, story arc. Yeah. Maybe she meets some magic user that can promise her to reverse that. You yeah. don't know. Maybe. The other thing I like, too, is um, when people are like, oh, yeah, my this is like the history of my family. Right? Okay. Like, my dad did this when he was a kid. You know, right. and then, like, he retired and, like, moved off, and we lived, grew up out alone in the woods. And I'm like, oh, so that's what your dad told you he used to do. Right? Mm. Your dad told you you're an only child. Got it. Right? Your dad told you your mother's dead. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, listening to another podcast uh, earlier today, and. They were talking about serial killers. And I'm like, okay. Well, this one in particular, it was all West Coast people in the Bay Area in particular. Turns out one of them got married, had kids, was still doing all the stuff that he was doing when he was, you know, single. And family never knew. Yeah. 
And you're like, what? <laughs> How does that work? Anyway, I didn't mean to derail you. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that, that just leads to the point. It's like you, you know what you've experienced and what you've been told. But things that are, you know, outside your experience, uh-huh. you, you don't really know. Could be adopted. You don't even know. Yeah. You know, unless you've got something that's literally mechanically requires you to not be adopted. Yeah, you could be adopted. Like, oh, yeah, my family all has this exact same birthmark that passes down on our left arm. Ah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah okay. I'm not going to fuck with that. You're not adopted. But. But. <laughs> outside of that sort of thing, if you don't give me an interesting you know, something to work with with your backstory, uh, I'm just going to have to improvise. And adopted is an option. Fair Turns enough. Out you're really the son of a... Uh, I can't say beholder. I was going to say beholder. Um, uh, what, what, what's a, a Baylor? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and if that happens often enough, it might explain, you know, um, what am I trying to think of? Uh, to, uh, Blood Rager. Yeah, Blood Rager might explain your your dragon. Uh, what's the word? Bloodline. Oh, thank you. Totally drawn a blank. I only played the one Blood Rager, and you killed him. <laughs> that's not true. That's that's not true. You're playing a Blood Rager in Jade Region. I don't get to play him often enough, so he doesn't count. <laughs> well, you know, is we'll it, be. Or is Jade Region one of those adventure paths that people? Abandoned for a long time and then come back to briefly and then abandon for a long time. <laughs> hey, you guys, I, I imagine end of this year we'll be done with this book of Kingmaker and then Brent takes back over for Jade Regent. That'd be fine. That's th- that's at least what we're planning <laughs> on here. Um, and then you'll be back to it. And I get to go back to playing hummus. Oh, yeah, hummus. <laughs> Yeah, your characters are always entertaining. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I do try. <laughs> Speaking of, of characters, I recently saw the... Um, this guy went into a... Conven- no, Tiff was telling me the story she was reading. That's what it was. This guy went into a convenience store uh, wearing a shirt with the logo of that convenience store, convinced the person on duty that he was there to take over the rest of the shift. That person went home. He checked out the remaining customers, closed the store stole all the money and a bunch of other stuff and then ran off. <laughs> and I was like, see, this is the sort of thing that makes me think of when people tell me that Kyle is not a good thief because his, you know, sleight of hand and disabled device aren't very high, but his deception is through the fucking roof. It's like, I don't necessarily need to open a lock <laughs> if I can convince you to open it for me. Exactly. I'm just not that kind of thief. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of types of thieves. <laughs> Too funny. Anyway, um, I do look forward to going back to Futaba Jakasu. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you remembered yeah. my character's name. That's awesome. Yes, it, well, it's it's pretty memorable, memorable because not only is it the funny name, but it's also the figure of Steve Buscemi's samurai. Uh, um, John Belushi. John Belushi. I said Steve Buscemi. That's a to- that's God. That's completely the big difference. Yeah. Big huge. Uh, one of them still alive. Um, yeah, John Belushi's uh, samurai from SNL. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Yes. 
Uh, and I'm looking forward to the day when I get telekinetic charge and I can just hurl him across the map. That'll be awesome. It'll yeah. be like a fastball special kind of deal. <laughs> Some but, of that's out there will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> like the the X Men are, are coming into the MCU. It'll it'll happen before too long. Thank goodness. Could we erase the old movies? <laughs> yeah, the first one's worth watching. I like First Class too. Some eh. of those are some of those are are fun. Eh. Anywho's. I don't know if I even saw that one, but yeah. What, First Class? Yeah. Oh, man, like, out of all the movies, that's probably, like, there's the first one they made. And then, like, for, as limited, rated of quality, in my opinion, there's, like, the first one they made, and then there's First Class, and then it just kind of peters out from there. Big gap. Mm-hmm. Regardless, we had the initial topic of your experiences as GMing for the podcast. <laughs> See what I did there? I totally yes. flipped it on you, didn't I? Yeah. Um, so I got to ask, like, so you've done some stuff at conventions and you've uh-huh. done the podcast. What would you say is the biggest difference between? I think uh, my sum total at conventions was one. I ran the confirmation at Farmageddon one year. I, th- I thought you did some second edition stuff, too, to fill in. Oh, I played some second edition. Yeah. Oh. I did not run any second edition, no. And I thought I'd get my feet wet, you know, check yeah. it out, see what's up. But no, I, I had more fun. I don't know if you recall. I can't remember the titles of them, but there was a couple that were sequential that we did at our normal Saturday night, you know, um, where I got props out and everything. I had a good time with that one. I don't know if you guys did, but I sure did. I had that golden mask that I was wearing. Uh, um Devil We Know series. That could be it, yeah. No, I remember that was it because I was playing Norville Rogers the <laughs> Third. Norville Rogers the Third. Yeah, and I had all those uh, those hamburgers. I had like a hundred hamburgers. <laughs> I remember that. It was because um, it's uh, sh- God Shipyard Rats, Casimir's Locker, um, the the Narrows, like their prison one. Because I like I right, yeah. yeah I like cause I, I mean I've played and run the the series so many times it's a cool series Darrow underneath the city of Casimir mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no I remember that now I do because we were doing it that was when we were trying to do the um uh, like all the all the scenarios in core so we could just like replay them uh, oh that's right and yeah. still get credit for it society credit yeah yeah. I don't think we made it out of season one before we decided, you know what, this is... Let's not do this anymore. It's not as much fun as we hoped it would be. Yeah. (laughs) So that being said, what would you say is the biggest difference between GMing for the podcast and GMing for not podcast games? Well, I mean, when you're GMing for the podcast, the visual stuff isn't going to play, obviously. Yeah. Um, if, unless you're doing video, which we haven't advanced that far yet. Um, oh, keep talking about it. Not quite there. Not quite there. Doing a podcast, always, always, always in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we've got to be more descriptive when we're setting the scene. We've got to be more descriptive, you know, on who's doing what and when, you know. Also, we're doing this to entertain others. 
hopefully it works. So it is a bit of a production. It is a little bit of showman goes a long way. So those are the main differences, I think. Uh, I mean, I agree from my time as playing. Like, I as a player, I tried to be more descriptive as to like what I'm doing and the why I'm doing it. Like what Tam was or Bridger were thinking as they were, you know, making their moves. Like mm-hmm. for that very same reason. And I'd say you were successful with that. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I mean, I would say that your your descriptions were quite quite good. I I never had to comment on not being able to to picture um, outside Except of that one bridge. Were, we couldn't remember how tall the ceiling was. Yeah. Well, what, what's this? We you say? <laughs> There's no we in that. We knew what we were told. Hey, it's collaborative storytelling. So I'm going to share the blame. <laughs> I'm not going to accept it on that that That's particular fine. part. Some things, yes, but not that one. No, no. <laughs> uh, regardless, uh, and I, I did notice it's one of the things I actually had to say to Pete uh, for the Patreon recordings that we did was, you know, he would just be moving stuff, and then he'd be like, okay, this elf is going to attack this person, this elf, and I'm like, going back and listening to it, I messaged him like, Pete, you got to, like, you got to be way more descriptive, you know, mm-hmm. like, we, I can hear you rolling dice after you've moved some pieces around and then you just say, okay, they all missed and we move on, but it's like who missed? Who's attacking who? What's going on? Like, Because he's so used to running the convention games where it's like, try to just push things along everybody can see the board, yada yada, but can't do that in the podcast. Exactly. Totally audio medium for us right now. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's a becomes... new video, well, that might be a different story. Uh, even so, then, now, like... Yeah. You know, video allows for props and, you know, showing, you know, and, um, the, the Paizo art and stuff like that. But even then, you're still going to want to kind of describe things because video may not be where it perfectly displays everything. Like, you should exactly. have that habit still. Exactly. Because, I mean, a lot of these guys that do switch to video, they still put out their podcast as an audio only. Yeah. So... Yeah, still have to have the description there. Yeah, that was one thing that towards the end of uh, Androids and Aliens run on Glass Cannon, they'd constantly be like, "Look at this art," and they'd be like, "Oh man," uh, and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm just, I'm just waiting." I'm like, "Okay, somebody like they're gonna have somebody describe it." There it is. Okay. Yep. All right. That's okay. But yeah, they did that on uh, uh, Giant Slayer too for a bit, but. But then they, you know, the, after the oohs and ahs on the the monster, what he looked like and everything, then you got the description. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not faulting him, you know. Yeah, I know. It was just one of those things where, like, yeah, I'm getting the reactions, but they don't mean anything to me, you know, <laughs> until they describe it. But even then, like, they're not going to be able to describe it in a way that makes me want to go, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. All right. Well, what are your what are your other thoughts on on GMing? Like, what are what are the things you felt like you've learned or advice you would you would give now that you you've done it? Well, okay. Based on what we were just talking about, it's still a good idea to describe everything in as much detail as you can because your players need to know exactly what they're up against 
Okay, yeah, you go through the basics. Here's four walls. They're made out of stone. Blah, blah, blah. They still need to know that, too. So that's kind of one thing. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say I've had any epiphanies, really, that were super huge. It's just a matter of remembering to do what you need to do, you know? Yeah. Yes, I fully understand that sentiment. Just so everybody can have a good time. That's the whole goal. All right. Well, listeners, if you think of any questions, uh, shieldbashpodcast at gmail.com. Send them in. Never got a lot of fan mail, uh, so I'm sure they'd be happy to see and see some emails and hear from the listeners. So, other than that, I want to thank you, Britt, for coming on tonight. And My pleasure, sir. Listeners, we will talk at you later.